0: and thank you worship team we appreciate uh, your word god bless you thank you so much for just being who you are in Christ. We come from different areas. Uh, We just, God's bringing us together. Amen. So I want to, I said it downtown. I want to say it publicly, uh, just a thank you to our board for the opportunity to back the vision for even the downtown campus. So can we give our board just a huge hand of appreciation? I I love our guys. Uh, We have, we have a great, great board, great people. And, uh, just a wonder to serve with them. And then I have like a four-person spiritual uh, committee that I just ask questions to pastors around the country. I've had brought in different ones before to preach, and I brought uh, Rick in before, Dr. Rick Ross. But uh, just Rick and Susan are tremendous friends of Janie and myself. Uh, uh, We've known them since we moved into uh, North Carolina, not before, but they, they reached out to us. We appreciate their friendship, their leadership, appreciate their insight and wisdom. And I would love for you today just to stand and give a great church welcome to Dr. Rick and Susan Ross, uh, wonderful, wonderful friends of ours.
1: Thank you. You may be seated. It is a delight to be here with you. I was just thinking this morning, goodness, we've done a marriage retreat for your church. We've been here for a Valentine banquet. I've spoken at a women's event. We've spoken here numerous times thanks to the generosity of your pastor's invitation. We now serve in the role instead of pastoring, we oversee uh, 275 churches in North Carolina of the Assemblies of God. And I just want to say... And, and it's to lead good people than it is <laughs> I think what really deserves the applause of those 275 churches, we consider and know it to be a fact, Grace Church is vital to the North Carolina Assemblies of God. And we applaud you. (laughs) Due to the forward thinking of your pastors, we've been able to tour since we arrived yesterday afternoon, tour the different campuses that God had birthed in their heart. That's a dream, but the hard work has seen... (laughs) seen fruit. And it is amazing to see what God is doing. Your dreams are bigger than your memories for what God wants to do in the future of Grace Church. And we are in full support of Mark and Janie Dolphins, the entire pastoral staff here, and of the people who make it happen, Grace Church. God bless you.
2: I'm going to jump right in and with Susan doing the introductions, and I'll come back at the end. And uh, worship team, I know we did it different, but if you could sing that chorus at the end, because I think where we're going to go is we're going to see some miracles in the house. We need a prophetic word. Oh, I didn't, you didn't catch that. We need a prophetic word from God. We live in days... And it doesn't matter what you think, one half of the society is going to be against you and angry with you. I don't care your political persuasion, your your understanding of, of the world and politics and economies. There's only one hope, and his name is Jesus. And unless we, the church universal, not speaking of Grace Church, I get it here. Unless the church universal gets back to proclaiming prophetically the good news of Jesus Christ, we the church will be no different than the world. And when that happens, we lose our saltiness. Bob is very clear, and it has nothing to do with my Old Testament word for today, that the church needs to be the church. In the darkest of times is the best opportunity for light to come. And we need to understand we live in the days and age in which all hell is breaking loose, which means all of heaven wants to come crashing right upon us. We believe in this day. And I believe God gave me a word for you. It's a prophetic word from Jeremiah chapter 33. And I'm going to jump right into the, fir- the very first um, the verse, Jeremiah 33, 1. And it reads like this. While Jeremiah was still, say still. What does the word still mean? Continual. I am still at Hickory Grace Church About th- 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 o'clock tonight I will have left Hickory and will be home in Raleigh But right now I am still in church Means it's an ongoing It's if you get into the present indicative active It's an ongoing process uh, Here's what I know Testimonies always come better after they've been done if I kind of said this morning, well, you know, I got a little confession to make. I'm a drug addict. Pastor Mark and others in this place would be making some calls and having the hook and taking me out of not only preaching here but of my ministry because that's not what you're expecting of me. But if I were to say, as many of my friends did, as I worked with Teen Challenge for 20 years, and I came up here and said, I was, but now I have been set free. The power of God transformation makes you excited about what God has done in my life. But if I'm in the midst of it, you're going to say, well, before you talk, get on out of it. Jeremiah is not giving you a powerful word because he's been set free. He is still in the courtyard, confinement of the court. He's still in bondage. And I'm just here to tell you, I have a hard time listening to the people who are in the midst of stuff who don't really seem to get it. And they want to tell me what to do. And I want to say, get your act together first. But you understand, that's not a God statement. That's a man statement. That's our idea statement, that somehow we think people have to have all their act together before they can share. And what I'm here to tell you is that we all have a story. We're all in the middle of something. We're all still someplace that God wants to do something in our lives. (laughs) While Jeremiah was still, say still, in the courtyard of the guard, in the confinement of the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. This would be Rick Ross. Hey, God, love you. You remember a couple years ago, you came to me and gave me the word Jeremiah 1 to 32. We'll give you all that. I'm not going to go back with it. But it was basically Jeremiah was called to, pronounce, uh, uh, to to proclaim the sins of the nation and to turn their back. And they didn't listen to him. So because he preached the first word God gave him, he's in confinement. <laughs> Rick Ross. Tell you what, let's make a deal. You get me out of here. And I'll think about preaching a second word. Somebody comes to you and gives you financial advice. They, they found a stock or something, and, 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 you, and you invest in it, and you make millions of dollars. You'll go back to them and say, what's another one? But if that same person gives you something, and you put your life savings into it, and you lose everything, you probably won't listen to them again. The word of the Lord, while Jeremiah was still in the confinement of the courtyard of the guard, came to him a... Second time. Here's what I think God is saying to Grace Church, to the church. We need to understand that just because we don't understand what's going on, even though we don't like what's going on, He's still speaking. And he still has a word that will set us free if we will stay with him. Jeremiah finds himself in a situation in which all of the enemy has come. He's done nothing wrong. I think of Joseph. So many people in the Bible who did all the right things, say right things, and yet the world turned against them. See, here's the reason. It's, It's right in your word. And the enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy that's his job and he's good at his job he's not very smart but he's very good at manipulation but the second part of that verse is but i've come jesus has come that we may have life in the midst of lies life in the midst of thievery life in the midst of him trying to destroy me no matter what i see in the natural i have a sense of something prophetic that says god is going to bring me through this thing yea though i walk through the valley you know what the problem with too many christians is they stop in the middle jesus said i'm going to meet you on the other side then what does it matter what happens on the journey i get it i get i don't like it either but if god says he's going to meet us there he will meet us there and today i'm here to proclaim to you that some of you are going through something we're all going through inconveniences last i looked no one's been on the cross lately I mean, we're just, we're just past the resurrection, the amazingness of God so loved us, he gave his son, his son came and lived, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, rose again. That's pretty heavy. And yet in the midst of stuff, say stuff. How many of you got stuff? Uh, how many of the people, how many do you know the person next to you have stuff? I mean, it, and that stuff bleeds over on you. I mean, that's what it is. It's never. <laughs> stuff. Stuff, stuff is what takes, which Satan tries to take the joy off of, out of our lives. Stuff in a marriage tries to hinder that great relationship so that we're no longer one but striving. The very creation is that man and woman would leave everybody else and be united. And yet the curse comes. Say the curse. And he said, now they'll be striving you will try to lead him, you will try to lead her, and from that day we fight the curse. And we're in the midst of this life stuff, and God says this word. Okay, here we go Jeremiah 33. We're going to read the whole thing, one through, through nine, kind of. While Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Verse two. This is what Rick Ross says. That would be good. I got some good ideas. I've had some successful ideas. I've done some pretty good things, but it wouldn't be God. Here's what I've learned not every good idea is a God idea. This is what God says say, God. God is the one who made the earth. <laughs> I'm so out of my. He didn't work hard, He spoke it into existence. Think about it in the void of the universe. He looks down and says, it's time. Hey, let's go. Let there be, and there was, and it was good. Day two. Let there be, and there was, and it was good. You with me? He simply spoke it. If he could create the world, don't you think he can sustain us? That's his whole idea. He who, who, who made the earth, the Lord who formed it, who established it, it's God. The Lord is his name. Yahweh is the, would be the Hebrew there. Call to me, and I might answer you. Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Down to verse 6, 4, and 5 is, is the Carthage and the death of the cities and people for their disobedience. But finally, nevertheless, I will bring health and healing to it. I will heal my people. I'll let them enjoy abundant peace and security. I will bring Judah into Israel, the, the church then, now the church today is the new Israel, back from captivity. And I'll rebuild them as they were before. I will cleanse them from all their sin they've committed against me. I'll forgive all their sins of rebellion. Another message, Pastor, pick this up. Of all the sins he could highlight, he highlighted the sin of rebellion. the sin that sent lucifer to hell when you rebel against the authorities in your life spiritually and physically i can't preach it you got to you got to pick it up pastor then this city will make me renowned it will bring me joy praise And honor before all the nations on the earth that hear the good things I will do for it. For they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide. God, I need your help. There is so much churning in the worship, the thoughts, and even some words that have come to me even as I sat here today. And there is a group of people right here, right now, who need to take the next step. We can no longer continue down the road we've been on. If we expect you to do something new, we must be movement, as our pastor said, do something new. And I'm asking you to let this this message that is so powerful in my gut that cannot come across because I don't have the ability to, to move people, but your spirit does. And I pray revelation on this group. May they have willing ears to hear and hear what the spirit is saying, even if I can't. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Several things. When we feel confined in the courtyard, we must remember, number one, God is in control. Sometimes, how many know that? How many live that? Sometimes we, there's a, there seems to be a difference between what we know on Sunday morning and what we live Monday to Friday to Saturday. We know he is, he's almighty God, he's omnipotent, he's all powerful. But I'm just not sure he's going to move in my life. He's done it for everybody else, but maybe maybe I've gone too far. Maybe I'm not right. Maybe, I, maybe And all of a sudden, we come up with all the excuses why God's not going to work in my life. And pretty soon, what we speak, what we confess, what we believe. You see, a simple word does not transform anything. But words have power that begin to move into, from my lips to my head to my heart as a person thinks in their heart. We begin to think it. We begin to speak it. When we speak it long enough, we begin to believe it. And pretty soon we have talked ourselves out of a move of God in our own life. Because we simply can't see it with the physical eyes. This amazing God is in control. But here's the problem with Rick Ross. I won't put it on anybody else, though I know there's more of you in the room. I like being in control. I'm a control freak. Anybody with me? I can tell. Yes, sir. You better say yes. I can tell. It's all over you. (laughs) I didn't like it when my mama told me no. I got all kinds of stories. Stubborn little kid. I'm a Hungarian on my mom's side. I'm a German on my dad's side. That makes me a stubborn hunky, and that's a weird combination. (laughs) I can say it. I am. You can't. (laughs) I didn't like it when my teachers told me no. I still don't like it when my wife tells me no. I sure don't like it when my kids tell me no. And my grandkids are better not tell me no. I like to be in control. Here's what I've learned. I like what I like. And I like what I like. <laughs> and control is one of those things. Susan's a great driver. The problem isn't her driving. The problem is I'm in the passenger seat and I'm not in control. I need one of those driver ed cars where I have, I have all the, I could, I know she's out, I know she's, I, I'm, I'm not, but I, I want to be in control. The second thing I am is a little out of control. I just got this my way moving and, and uh, you know, I like speed boats, I'm weary of, weary of people with a sailboat, if you're going to go someplace, let's go fast. You know, red lights, all those kind of things. So in that story now, Susan is baking and, and needs some help. I, she knows I'm not a good shopper, so she doesn't often. But this time she said, Rick, would you go and gave me a list. And here's my SUV packed with, with everything she needs to bake cakes in on this big party. Now I put it in there and I said to myself, you better be a little careful. So I started out very carefully. Thank you, Pastor. And, um, but it didn't take very long. For my aggressiveness to come out. And I began to whip around corners and take off fast. And this is what ended up when I got home. Susan came out to help me. Rick, what's the matter with you? I forgot it was back there and I just kind of. And she said, don't you know what this is? I said, well, I've seen it sit back there for years, but what is that? It's a cargo net. It helps protect. You see, all along, I thought these things were control freaks, and I didn't want to be under control. I didn't understand that sometimes God puts control in my life to protect me to keep me from destroying my life so that I wish I had the picture, so that if I got everything home to Susan, I'd have the most fabulous cakes and pies that the world has ever seen, all because I resist God's control. For the record, that's all fake. It didn't happen. But it was a great illustration, wasn't it? And so preachers, preachers will do anything, anything for a good illustration. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, chapter 3 says, And I, God, appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Don't have time for it, but three distinct generations. There are always four generations. He's talking to three, and then, of course, the kids. By the name of God Almighty, that's Yahweh. Yahweh was the holy name. They wouldn't even say it. If you were to get a Hebrew Bible, that doesn't even spell it out. It's letters, Y-W-H-W. Hey, whatever it is. They couldn't even say his name because that was the God of the holy mountain, the God that do not touch. The God, if you come too close, you'll be down. The God of the commandments, the God of thou shalt not. But it was a very important moment and a mountain for them in their history. But there comes a time where now he becomes known, here we go, but by my name, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, the God who cares, the God who's involved, the God who heals, the God who wants to be with you every step of the way. He moved from the control, majesty power that we needed to learn, justice, to a God of love. And it now fulfills itself in Jesus Christ who came to seek and save the lost. The hurting, the down and out, the up and out. The nation went from viewing God as a ruler that says you can't come to this mountain to a God that says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Not because he's a control freak, but because he's a love freak who wants to protect us. Many of adults in this room would talk to our young people, and we do trying to help you understand that choices you make now will live with you for a long time. No, it's not my story. There are those who would be here to tell you young people, please be careful because the pain of the future is far greater than the joy of the moment. Now, parents and adults, I know your pastors here, quit lying to our kids. The Bible says, say Bible, there's joy in sin for a season. I told you the devil's out to steal, kill, and destroy, and he does it in a very creative, enticing way. He makes sex look good. He, he skips the end result, the pain, the emotional bondage, the, so many things that happen when, when we move out of God's plan. He begins to help us down this journey and he's doing it because he's in control to love us and help us and and we resist that and all i'm here to tell you is when god begins to form the earth when he begins to do what only he can do he wants you to know that he's in control and his control is there to help you the real issue is not what's happening around us the real issue is is god in control of our lives? Need to move on in this passage. It moves on, and it's when we feel confined in the courtyard of the guard. We must remember number two that God listens and responds in amazing ways. Call to me, talk to me, and I'll answer you. It's over 40 years ago that I met Susan. She sang a solo in a Sunday night church service, Springfield, Missouri. And I thought to myself, Ooh, that's nice. One of my friends, uh, who is married to one of her friends, introduced us, and um, it was very good. And at that moment, we were married nine months later. Young people, I was twenty-five years old. With that age, you can move quickly. And and. I thought I knew her pretty well. We, we talked, we shared, we have the same background, God love, all those kind of things, ministry homes. But looking back 40 years later, I didn't know her at all. I knew a little bit about her. But now, through tough times and good times, through discussions, through long talks on long drives, we've shared life together. And some of you have started this process with God, and you're, you know he loves you, and you know some good things, and your pastor's trying to help you. But I'm telling you, the more you talk to him, the more he shares with you, and in every relationship, the more you get to know each other, the greater the relationship is. And he's simply saying here, I want you to talk with me. I want you to share with me. I want to answer you. I want to do amazing things in your midst, but it cannot happen if you only talk to me on Sunday morning. The relationship that changes us is the, let me put it this way, many Christians have made Jesus their Savior, not nearly as many have made him their Lord. You can say no to a lot of people, but you cannot say no to your Lord. And when you're still fighting, when you're still pushing, when you're still resisting, when changes come, and let me help you, let me prophesy. They will continue to come. This world is not going to stop. The changes of the kingdom is not going to stop. It's part of his process in life. It's a generation. There are Ecclesiastes, there's seasons, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to be here and a time to be there. It is a constant change. And the problem is we don't accept the changes as God ordained, and we begin to fight back on those, and we're realizing that we're trying to be in control, and we've stopped talking to him. And if you simply say, Lord, speak, he'll speak. And we begin to build these relationships and we begin to move on. You see it, it, it Isaiah 55, 9, for the high, heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. I, I don't think any of us doubt this, but we just got to have a time of grabbing hold of it. God knows more than we do. We must come to the place that we serve the God of the impossible. We need to move from our natural thinking to what I'm now calling naturally supernatural. It's not weird. It's everyday life allowing God to move in my life to touch someone else, to receive something from him. We need to move from our limited knowledge to God's limitless knowledge. Limited understanding. We, knew, we need to stop praying for healness, healing of healness, which we, I'm going to get to in a moment. When he wants to have way more than heal, uh, uh, healing, he wants us to have physical vitality. We move from financial peace to his word on prosperity. We move from understanding the limitless little things to the big things that God has. God is not only in control, he wants to do something very special in your life. God is not bound to operate within our limited understanding. His very nature exceeds our highest expectation. Third thing I see here when we come to this passage is that when we feel confined in the courtyard of the guard, we must remember that, three, God brings health through the process of healing. This verse messed me up for quite a while. Verse 6, Nevertheless, I will bring health and healing. What does the word and mean? In addition to another. They're separate. Rick and Susan, Mark and Jane. Are you with me? Different. Me and you. Here and there. The and means. Something new, something different. So what is he trying to talk about health and healing? Health is the end result. Healing is the process. We all want the God of the, we all want the miracle. Very little of us want time with the God of the miracle. We want to talk about faith. We don't want to talk about living it out. We move as Pentecostals. We long for, I enjoy, the move of God and the supernatural events. But friends, most of life is naturally supernatural. Most of life is getting up in the morning and deciding what I'm going to do and allowing God to do something creative in that midst. Four weeks ago this Tuesday night, I'm in another city ministering for Jesus. And at 12.30, I was awakened with some of the worst pain I've ever had in my life. Up most of the night, showered in the morning, went about back to my ministry, and all day long I, I did my thing. Went home that night, didn't eat dinner with them, and woke up at 1.30 the next morning in the morning and soaking wet all night long, pleading with God, heal me. I didn't say this, but I sure thought it. You know, God, I'm here doing your work. The least you could do is give me a little healing touch. Kind of like you owe me. Like I'm here today. I could be home. I could be, I could be any of them. But I'm, so, the least you could do is anoint me, huh? <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, just horribly sick. And yet, German Stubborn enough to keep going, flew home, spent the night in the hotel, called Susan. I just said, I I just don't know if I'm going to make it. One more day I got up and did my thing and got home on a Saturday night, and I'm just miserable. Susan says, you know, the voice of God sounds for me just like Susan's voice, (laughs) thus saith the Lord. You need to go to the emergency room. I said, yeah, let, let me go. Wait a second. It's Saturday night. People die in emergency rooms on Saturday night. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna go on Saturday night. That's not to them. It's, so I got up Sunday morning, no better, and went. And it began now that's one week, another two weeks of a process of going through what we now know as diverticulitis, which bursts and poisons in my system. And and today I want to tell you my life would have been easier, say easier had he just on that Tuesday night healed my body but I'm here to proclaim I'm better today because he got a hold of my attention he got me to thinking about my schedule my 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 lack of exercise my my poor eating skills you see this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit And we want to bypass all the laws that he put in place so that we have a miracle goosebump healing rather than what God has is that we will do our normal process and he'll bring health. Yes, he wants to heal us, but he wants to do it in a process in which we are better at the end. We all know. We all know it's a horrible thing to give your kids everything they want. Because it doesn't help them, it hurts them. And maybe in this process, God is saying, "I have something so much better for you than just healing you," musicians come. The last thing I want to talk about, there are so many more is that when we feel confined in the courtyard of the guard, we must courtyard of the guard, we must remember that God will and does bring increase, say increase. This is not a woe is me, hang on, and the end will come. I didn't say this earlier. and Somebody needs to hear this because it's just so clear. I have said, and most of us have said during the pandemic and, and other things in our life, well, just hang in there. This, too, will pass. Has anybody ever said that? Which is simply, hold on. Eventually, you'll stop suffering. And if that, I said it so many times, I thought it was biblical. Let me help you. It's not in the Bible. There is nothing in the Bible that says, hang on, survive, struggle, and it just passes. But you know what the Bible says? And it came to pass. The difference is one is hoping, the other one is knowing God is in control, has a plan for your life, and he's going to bring something supernaturally good in you and through you. in the courtyard of the guard bondage not understanding and there are several of you in this room that are going to resonate with this message because you're struggling to understand why and though I believe he's going to reveal it because he's a giver of gifts to those who ask him before you get to the end result of understanding why which then takes away the need of faith and trust did you catch that if I know the answer if I have the answer I don't need to trust God if I see everything I don't need any faith because faith is believing when you can't see it And they sang it earlier and it's in my notes I can pull it up it's right there somebody can see it Throughout the history of the Bible, individuals and groups wondered where God was. Three Hebrew children did nothing but right, and they're thrown into a fiery furnace. And yet, there's another one with us, and he seems to be the son of God. He's there in the midst. Daniel did nothing but right refused to bow, refused to change, prayed every day. And here's the so cool. If you read it all the way, look at the little things. And he went out on the porch to make sure everybody saw he was still praying. He could have done it inside the room. He could have done it in a prayer closet. But he went outside on the porch. I'm praying to my God. And the process put him in the lion's den. All night long king is wondering the next morning when they show up Daniel are you there my God say my God my God has protected me oh but they you know see the the lions had been fed they weren't hungry so they pulled Daniel up to everybody else in there and they ate all of those people Paul and Silas did nothing wrong Find themselves in the inner courts of the prison. And an earthquake comes and they're set free. But they don't leave. They didn't run. They didn't say this is just about me getting out of here. They said, God has a plan. I want you to stand with me. And I want you to think for a moment. Lord, what is it that you're trying to teach me today? What is it in the midst of this stuff? that I am in right now? Are you trying to bring me to a whole new place? No one's looking around. I don't know many of you. I'm simply God's agent for this moment under the uh, authority of your pastor to ask you some questions. First one is this. Are you here today? And you're going through stuff and you begin to wonder where God is. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, Rick, I need a prayer. Yes. 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 There's nothing wrong with saying, God, where are you? Because it's when we talk to him that he reveals himself. second question that I have as I was sitting down there is, Rick, I've been so disappointed for so long. I've begun to question the reality of a God who cares about me. And you'll say, Rick, today I... I want to believe everything you said. I'm just having, and you'll just simply say, Rick, would you pray for my unbelief? Because today, I want to believe he really is in control of my life. Were well, you just here, and you put your hand up. Thank you. Who else? You'll just say, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. But my final question is the most important. And for those of you watching, whether it's live or later on, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because nothing else really will matter it doesn't matter how many times you come to church it doesn't matter how much money you put in church the only thing that matters is that one day we stand before him and he says I know you or he says depart from me I don't know you it's all about a, a relationship not a membership not a, not a relationship relationship and you're here today and you say, Rick, I've been in church. I've known all about, but I do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And today, I want to say yes to Jesus as my Savior and work toward making him my Lord. Right we are, right we are. Just say, Rick, that's me. Raise your hand, put it up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Thank you, sir. Who else should just say, Rick, that's me. That's me. I, today, I want to make things right with God. I want to get right with God. I want to, Father, right now for these three groups and for all of us. Help us to understand your hand is upon us, that that, that you're wanting the church to rise up, that you're wanting brokenness to be healed, you're wanting wanting uh, prisoners to be set free, and, and the very bondage of sin. May these, my brothers and sisters, say, Lord, today I believe. Help my unbelief, but I choose you today in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen.
3: church say amen in this place today. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Do you believe that our God is risen from the dead and he is alive today? Shout amen. 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 Give God one shout of praise this this afternoon. How many of you received that word today? Wasn't that powerful? Let's thank Pastor Rick and Susan uh, for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, What powerful message for this church for this time you know i know so many of us believe and we feel like we are confined you know we uh, have been quarantined we're not where we want to be but with god all things are possible amen there is nothing that our god cannot do Amen. So I just want to close in a word of prayer. And uh, if you are here today and, and you need a miracle, you know, if you believe that, you know, maybe it's a process or maybe it, it will happen in a, in a moment, I believe that God can do all things. Amen. Amen. So I want you uh, just to think about that thing that God's put on your heart and and give it to him even now. Lord, we thank you so much for an opportunity to gather together in your name. And we thank you for meeting us here. Lord, we thank you that you are the God of the impossible, that there is nothing you cannot do. Lord, so I pray that you would put your hand of favor on every person in this place so that you can use us to extend your glory into every person around us. God, for those in this church, in our neighborhoods, in in our workplaces, Father God, God, across this city and in our community, God, that you would do a mighty work, Lord, that you would uh, cause a miracle, that the sick will be well in Jesus' name, that the lost will come home in the name of Jesus, Lord, that those that are bound and are struggling, Lord, that today they would find freedom in Christ Jesus by the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of our testimony. We declare it is finished and we have overcome in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would empower each one of us by your spirit to do what you have called us to do that you would go before us today in the name of Jesus we pray amen God bless you we love you have a great week we'll see you next Sunday
4: thank you for joining us for today's service if God is impacting your life through this ministry join us in reaching others by investing today you can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give We can't wait to see you next week. Thank you for joining us.